Folks, welcome back to the second episode of the Dead Kids of Derry. All the dead kids are here. We have Mr. Anthony Thurber, Mr. James Lamond. Yo, yo, yo. This is Melissa Potier. You know what What I mean? And we have a, we got a fifth screen. We don't know who that is. Why? And then I'm here myself. And we got a fifth screen. I think it's Free Willy going right now. But in a little bit, it will be Salem's a lot, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I mean? Classic film. And there it is. And here it is upon us. Now, Mm -hmm. this is Tony's favorite part of the film, I heard. No, it is not. Oh, really? This is for all screenwriters here. Never telegraph the final act of the film. Because right here you're seeing your two main characters here. In Guatemala, Mexico, I believe. No, Guatemala is its own country. <laughs> Guatemala, whatever. Mel's from Guatemala, I believe. I'm not. My mother was. Well, you know. But this scene right here yeah, is telling good. you to care about only these two characters. Yep. Do not care about anybody else in the film. Just focus on those two characters you see here. Because... They're important, and everybody else isn't. Well, I mean, look at them. They're golden children. They're beautiful. I got got an interesting piece of insight from my own movie um, for this. So the box was heavily inspired by Salem's Lot. Big surprise. This opening scene was actually a base model for what not to do in my own opening scene. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I watched this because it was a huge inspiration for the film. It was definitely part of my research. And I said, okay, I want a, I want a cold open like that, but I'm going to give them a character that they're not going to give a shit about for the next 40 minutes. Which is this, in this one, they made the flub of Anthony was hit it right on the head. It is a screenwriting no-no. You put your main characters... You put the cart up before the horse. You show your main characters after everything's already happened. It's I I agree. It's janky. It's probably my one gripe with the movie besides one that will come up on in a second. But yeah, yeah. Just an interesting anecdote there, Anthony. So I'm with you 100. percent Yeah, because in a horror film, you want a level of unpredictability. Mm. That beginning gives you what you need to know in this film, who to care about and all the other characters in this film don't care about them. Yeah. Yes, it's pretty much watch this scene and then fast forward through the rest of the movie to the end and you'll still know everything that's going on. Which is a huge... Did... Oh, sorry, Matt. Go ahead. I was say, you guys think they just shot a bunch of additional footage and, you know, you know how it is with movies, let alone TV. I think they could have made this thing six hours long. I feel like there probably is a cut. There is a, well, not anymore, but there was a dream of a cut like that one day. The Hooper cut. Ah, here we are. California, Maine. 
That's yeah. My favorite yep. area. <laughs> Sunny California, Maine, everyone. This this is my second gripe with this film. It's like yeah. anybody who lives in New England knows this isn't fucking New England. Like yeah. that doesn't that looks like Southern California. It doesn't look like New England. Nice Jeep though. That is a fucking hot Jeep. Was that I'm a see through door? Did that have like a see through middle? I like that. And there's Hutch. He's killing it. He looks like a sleepwalker before sleepwalkers. Looking <laughs> looking ominously yep. at the house that Marston built. He could very easily be the father of that Brian Krause character from Sleepwalkers. They they look very much alike. They yeah, do. They do. They do. David Soul, he's kinda like he's kinda like our golden god of this movie. He's got that yeah. hair, you know? He's our uh our uh, what was it, world's greatest hero from the first one. They always have to have oh, this William type of character. Cat. Yeah, it's, William Cat. It's it's the hair. It's the William Cat, David Soul, I mean The young boy too, you know, another blonde. <laughs> I knew what sold movies. It's just he's just a smooth motherfucker, just like William Cat was. He's just yeah. he's yeah. Look at him. I mean he played Hutch. Let's let's be real here. I got to admit, though, I do like this caretaker. Like, he's very dapper and, you know, he's dressed to the nines. Like, he looks like he's ready to go out on a night on the town, not just, mm-hmm. you know, starting well, up a store. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, oh, go ahead, Anthony. The caretaker in this film reminds me of the villain in Needful Things. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. Yes. Very reminiscent of Needful Things. Even the way they, you know, I, I think. You know, well, other way around, because Needful Things was after this. But yeah, that's I know, I but still, it, 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 I love it's probably, it's probably like the basis for that particular character. I agree. I agree. The, the Max von Sydow definitely watched this movie before he did Needful Things, no doubt. But Straker, he, it's interesting because the, because of the choices they went with for how to approach Barlow. In this version, Straker has to sell it. He's he's got to be the bad guy, at least vocally, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think I think he absolutely kills it. He's he's pro- he's one of my favorite parts of this whole film. We should we should say directed by the great late Toby Hooper. Oh yes, oh yes. Uh, one of, his second his second best in my opinion. I think it's kind of dope too, though. That like his eight like. They were trying to knock it out of the park with, you know, when they were picking directors for this, because prior to Toby coming on board for it, they had they had had Romero was going to do it when it was going to be a theatrical release. And um, the guy from The Exorcist was slated to be a part of it, too, at one point. Yeah, that's. Romero was a lot of a was a part of a lot of projects that never panned out for him. You know what I mean? Like the Mm -hmm. big Hollywood films. Yeah. That's why he usually always ended up retreating to Pittsburgh and just making a movie himself. It's truth. Yeah, they never gave George a TV movie, right? Mm-mm. Nope. As far as big Hollywood goes, uh, I think it begins and ends with Creepshow. Really? Hey, um, remember that Atlanta- one with Vanilla in it? It was, a, it was a film that he did that was very under the cuff. I think Blue Underground released a version of it. It was like something Vanilla- Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I think Arrow recently released a yeah. version of it a year ago. Yeah, that might have been a TV movie. I know that was like, you know, very light, lighter than his usual films. And he also did that season of the Witch movie that was kind of a little lighter than the other films in tone. In tone, absolutely. Yeah. I love season of the Witch though. Great yeah. film. Oh shit, Fred Willard, the I late great <laughs> Fred Willard. 
the late no. great Fred Willard. And that's Absolutely. A bitch. Fucking world's best character actor right there. Yeah. He's fucking down. Yeah, he's, Seriously. He's hysterical. Boom boom Bonnie. Oh, what's yeah. up? She got that name for a reason. You don't see elbows on jackets like that anymore. Nah, man. You don't. I wish I wish that would make a comeback. That shit's hot. That's yeah, I, I, like that I ass, I really think it is. Like the only like, way you're getting your jackets done like that now is if you go to like Salvation Army or some type of thrift store and find one on the racks there. I mean, he just looks ready for battle. Like he's got some like elbow armor, you know what I mean? I, like I know, he's like, got something there. Like, realistically, what type of fashion statement is that? It's like heavy duty, you know, you're going to be doing tiles later or something? Like, <laughs> it's it's the working man's sport coat, you know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's the 80s look. It guys actually matches the patches. Jeep. Yeah, guys had the elbow patches on their jackets, and all, female, all the females had freaking shoulder pads and everything to make That's this true. Like yeah. Yeah, everybody, uh, shoulder pads, elbow pads, everybody in the 70s and 80s was ready for a fucking fight. That's oh, what's yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> like, come at me, bro, I'm prepared. Seriously. Except Fred Willard, but we'll get to that later. Right there, he looks like a game show host, like he should be hosting Love Connection. He would have been Except- a good host. I agree. Yeah, I, I He would have been too. a fantastic host. Maybe not Love Connection, but like... Like, if Sajak ever retired, like, he would have been the guy for Wheel of Fortune, in my opinion. Jeopardy, maybe? Maybe. Maybe Jeopardy. I don't know. I don't know, though. Like, Trebek's a hard act to follow. Like, I've I've, I've watched a couple of the episodes of Jeopardy lately with the new guys, and it it ain't the same. Look at that walking walking stick, though, with the friggin' dragon head on it. Like, this guy's straight-up pimp. Oh, yeah, that's, that's like, when you've been around for forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean that's and they, why and they don't show it, but I guarantee you, if he if he were to take the handle off of that, the thing's probably got like a dagger inside it or something. Probably. Yeah, I mean the 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 whole antique shop, like they don't really touch on it in the movie versions, but the whole antique shop is a collect. Like I don't know if you guys have read the book or not. Yeah, I have. No, I didn't okay. read the book. Well, the antique shop is like a representation of like the collection of things Barlow has acquired over his whole life. Yeah. Like that's why you see like in the book he makes references like, oh, that's a Toledo Salamanca from 1637. And somebody's like, why the hell do you have something from 1637? And he's just like, I don't know. It's it's just that it's like it's those little subtleties that King throws in to be like, this dude is fucking old. Mm. You know what I mean? keeping cursed items they probably have curses lingering with them and all types of dark shit i always i always got a heavy like friday the 13th of the series vibe from the antique shop yeah. like like they have that kind of weird collection like it's not just that it's a collection of antiques it's like dark shit yeah. on top of it you know what i mean uh, this chick is cute like they make such a cute couple in this. It kind of sucks, you know, when it gets towards the end. <laughs> Hutch, Hutch is just trying to lay some pipe, though. Like, he ain't planning to stay, stay around. Like, he already, he's on a working vacation. Minute like, he literally. gets his book done, he's bouncing. <laughs> so, like, so, I mean, he's just he's just trying to put his thing down. And I can't blame him. Bonnie Bedelia at that time? Hmm. She's hot. Uh huh. I get, yeah, I get the vibe. Hutch was a big fan of making making female friends on set for hanging out with Leda. No, I'm saying on Bob Bobby Bedinia. This is the first of 
two King adaptations she's a part of. Oh, really? She was in Needful Things as well. Interesting. There's another Needful Things correlation. Yeah, I wonder if there's a deeper tie to Needful Things with this. Well, eventually, at some point, all of his books, they do... They're all universal. They're all universal. So, you know, at some point, it's probably why they put her in that, because of the fact there is a tie somewhere. Technically, it's multiversal, but... Mm. Sorry, King of File came out. Read the, if, you, if you read the Dark Tower, you'd know. <laughs> I never got into the Dark Towers. I always wanted to, though. It's a hard, it's it's a harder series to read. That's There's a I lot heard. of them. There's a lot of them, and they're long. Yeah, I've only gone through like the first couple of them. Yeah, Isn't there are like some books that aren't worth reading too. Within it, that you have to read to get to the end. There's really fluffy shit yeah. in like uh, book four and book f- six are pretty. Hmm, Drag, they're really draggy. It's a lot yeah. of detail, not a lot of pl- plot. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're good. I mean, the when, did, uh, when did he write those? Were those in the nineties or were those early? Oh fuck! Like that 2000s? was that <laughs> was ongoing. Um, I think it started in the eighties. Really? He started, I believe, the Gunslinger was eighty four, and he wrapped it up with the last book in I want to say two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Because that was one of the book series that he never like. People liked it, but like it wasn't compared with the other ones. You know what I mean? No, and it felt no. like it. It felt like later in life, it had a it had a bigger life. I think like it gets more. I think it gets more attention now. Yeah, than it did then. Only because people like it, it clicked in their heads. Like, oh, this connects everything. Yeah, I need to read it now. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Even before they did the movie, the McConaughey movie, like I felt like it was getting yeah, a lot of people were giving it respect. Yeah, the whole franchise. Was that was such an a that was that was such a disservice to the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't see it, but it looked weird. It looked too weird. That movie that that show that combined all the books into the one movie, whereas that yeah. could have been you know that probably should have been one of the movies where they did make it into more than one movie. That it, one would have definitely done better. It would have done the movie, the book justice if it had been like maybe a three three series movie or something as opposed to putting all six books into one movie. I think like The Stand, it deserves a TV show. Yeah, you, can't explain, you can't explain that in three, four, five, six hours. It, it needs like two seasons yeah. of, of TV to like really get it all out. But here we go. See, this, this is this is interesting, right? Like he has this like little interaction with Straker mm. just in the middle of nowhere. Like I always thought that was kind of like a, what's the word I'm looking for here? A red flag. A red <laughs> yeah. flag. Like, I mean, he, looks like he, he just looks like he just shit himself when he saw him. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, <laughs> like, like, I feel like that was like a thing, like maybe and like, why is this dude just walking in the dark with no streetlights? Like, I don't know. It kind of would have tipped me off. I'd have been a little more concerned. Yeah, not worried at all. Whenever you see somebody where they're not supposed to be not worried or, like, not looking for a way out, so to speak, it's weird. It's a weird situation. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, not that not that uh, Ben Mears here is uh, any less guilty. He's just kind of hanging out by his Jeep staring at a fucking house. Like, he smoked too weird. much weed. He looks all fucked up. He yeah, it looks like, like he's been through it. He went to the sure. other place. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's creepier, Stryker or him just sitting there watching the house. <laughs> or him wearing those glasses. <laughs> they saved his life. Hey, those glasses are hot. All right. I'm just saying. 
That's some, if I needed glasses, they'd look exactly like that. That's what I have. I dig it. Oh, there you go. Trouble. The most useful police officer ever. Yeah. I think it's funny how everybody thinks he like he's a stranger to town and you know they don't realize that he grew up there. Well, I mean, again, the details from the book that they gloss over, like that, you know, he he hadn't been there in like 35 years. Ben Mears in the books much older than he is in the series. Like yeah. he's 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 in his 40s. Hmm. Um, so there was a much longer disconnect. Like most of the people that he knew, short of like Jason Burke and a couple of others, were gone. They weren't even in the town anymore. Ah, yeah. uh, the alcoholic. The town wino. Oh, we the town drunk. The most colorful of characters in every movie. Yeah. Running they, yeah. Sitting there running everybody's business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saying I'm not drinking? I promise. It's water, officer. It's water. It's fire water. Dad turns it into. <laughs> if I remember correctly, that cop is also in the film Hoodlum with like Tim Roth. He is. Yeah. Uh, well, my my favorite scene from that film he's in with with, with the young lady, and then he gets killed. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. kind of hoping he got killed in this. Oh, that dude, he, he, he's got a face for killing, you know what I mean? He almost can't walk away from it. It's funny because he's the only one with any sense, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, but at the no same time, you still want to punch him. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a... Douchebag. I mean, he's not great at his job. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. He's, not, he's not a very good police officer. As you'll see in this film... Yeah, <laughs> further along. I think I think we don't. I don't. I don't think we're going to see that till part two. But yeah, yeah. No. Well, before long, we will see that he is not a very good cop. Nice Toby dog. Hooper tracking shot. I'm trying to pick out the things that are Toby, Toby influenced that you can almost you can go. Oh, well, Toby does that in other films because you know Salem's Lot. I don't really. It doesn't really have that much of an imprint of Toby. I feel. I mean, no. certain parts, but not. You know. No, I feel I feel like the studio is definitely steering the ship more than this being a freeform Toby Hooper movie. Yeah, I think he's restrained because this film was a made-for-TV film. You got to figure he got a lot. I bet he got a lot of heat from producers in general just because he made. Even though the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not like we know, it's not like super violent. The name's more violent than the movie, so to speak. But I'm sure they always were giving him hard times about the, oh, soften it up, soften it up, even though even when it wasn't soft, just because they felt that was their job as the producer to continue to go, no, cut that, soften this up, soften this up. Well, Toby, well, Toby I, I read something that, you know, it said that Toby saw the TV limitations as the beneficial challenge. Hmm. So he knew he'd have to be more creative and re- rely on the dread and suspense rather than, you know, the blood and gore to scare the audience. I mean, but I mean, who... Hooper never never really relied on gore anyway. It was just there it was, was like, a, like more the mind fuck than anything. Yeah, I mean if you watch Texas suspense, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the movie is not very gory. No, not at all. It's a mind fuck. It, you think you see a hell of a lot more in that movie than you actually do. 
Yeah, they didn't start getting gory like until the more recent movies. They didn't start getting gory until he allowed it to because he did. It, he went in a totally different tone shift with Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, yeah. and that being super campy, he went over the top with the blood, and it worked yep. for that film. But there's this amazingly for a vampire movie. This movie's bloodless. You never see blood. No, not, not even once. not even when he bit somebody. You didn't even like. You didn't even see like sometimes in vampire movies. Once you bite, you at least see like the the blood dripping down. Yeah, from no, the bite was and not even that you see in this. No, it cuts away before that even happens. Like, yep. like you, you you just see the mouth hit the neck, and that's that's, that's the end it. Of it. Yeah, yeah, freeze frame. Freeze frame it out. What here? In this film, yes. As yeah, happens no. a couple times, I think. Yeah, yeah no, he, Anthony's right. He's absolutely right. He uses the freeze frame tactic and then the zoom in or this harsh zoom out yeah. to cue commercial breaks because it was a TV movie. Yeah. Good yeah. call. Good call. Yeah. Good catch. That's that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Oh, it's Weasel. I was trying to see. I was like, that's Weasel and Eva, and they're reading his shit. Stop reading Ben's shit, you fucking sneaky bastards. That's like reading somebody's diary. Like, it's true. Seriously, man, if I ever walked in here and somebody was clacking away on my laptop looking at my writing projects, I'd punch a motherfucker. Don't do okay. that. <laughs> She's just trying to get an advance read yeah. of his new book before anybody else. It's like misery. It's like misery. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I hope not for What's Ben Mears' sake. Yeah, right. Advance. There's uh there's like two locations in this whole movie which Cap, we were talking about budgetary before, right, Mel? What were you talking about? what were you saying about the budget? They had a four million dollar budget for this movie, yeah. considering it was a TV movie. Um, Carrie only had like one point five million and that was a theatrical release. And at the time, because of when this was released, that was like a huge budget for a film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because now believe- that, because now, like today, in today's standards, a four million dollar budget then is like fourteen and a half million today. Yeah. And they'd still call it a low budget movie. Yes. You know what I mean? The the, the uh, it's broken up, but also the success of Carrie helped them get more money too. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think once that Carrie hit. Yeah, no. Once Carrie hit, I mean, both in book and movie form, it. Yeah, I think it just opened the floodgate. Like they just had a license to do whatever the hell they wanted at that point. A lot of driving shots. Yeah. In this film. It's it's. I mean, the first like, I don't know, forty five minutes of this movie. Mm. Don't not much going on, you know. We'll keep an eye out for Eminem because he's in here somewhere, supposedly. What? Eminem, the rapper. You don't want to grow old in Salem's lot, man. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mm. no, like the first like 45 minutes of this movie is like all dialogue. I mean, there's like, there's a cool, there's a couple of cool, creepy things coming yeah. up. Yeah. Well, when it gets to the creepy stuff, the creepiness is really creepy. Really yeah, no, creepy. it don't it don't let go, man. Possibly yeah. almost too creepy for TV. Also, I think the first hour also establishes the various plot lines that this film has as well. 
Yeah, no, it does. It, it does. It, it, Salem's Lot, I've always said it's a book in two pieces or a story in two pieces. You have, you have the first half, which is explaining and establishing all of your characters because it is a very big cast of characters, even by most film or TV or literary standards. I mean, he's got a whole town and it's all fleshed out. But then once, once things get going, man, it, it don't, it don't stop. And mm, there's some stuff in this movie, uh, the book more so, but that just like, as a kid, just straight up terrified me. What, uh, what was the more terrifying stuff that was left out of the film? Do you remember? Um, there's some stuff like with most King work, there's some shit you just can't do because he goes there. Um, they touched on it in the remake, which we'll cover later a little bit, but a lot of the shit with the child vampires, like the glick kids. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff with more younger kids, like three, two years old, year old vampires. Like there's some really messed up shit in that book. And like, a kid dis like a kid that disappeared not long after the glicks like coming back to their parents, like scratching at the window. Yeah. Like, oh dude. This is just shit that just burns into your brain and you don't you don't forget it. That would have been a good segment too, because you know what's what's the parent to do in a situation like that with a lost child? It's like that you know, it's that they get that they're wishing every day that they could they had it back and then you finally get them it's like a deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No parent's yeah. going to say no. No right or right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Just say no to drugs, not kids. Yeah. Drugs what a view. I'm digging it. Yep. That that main California coastline. That's, there's <laughs> no coffee. You know. That's the house from the Frighteners. That That's is awesome. a lot of different movies. <laughs> probably. Hey. You're right. You're, Mal, Mal's no. probably, you're probably fucking a million movies that's been used. Probably. Several. Several. There was a list. Um, yeah, there is. Um, like, even the area they, they used was used in Outbreak, Joe Dirt, and The Majestic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Joe Dirt. Classic. Joe Dirt 2, not so much. Forgot there even was one. Everybody. <laughs> totally forgot there was one. They for, they, while they were making it, they forgot there was a part to it in the process. Probably. They yeah. 1.5. Sounds about right. They brought back that girl, which was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Another driving shot. Of course. He's not driving. He's using his brain. He's using his mind to drive. He's A lot of, the, a lot of people that smoke too much weed in this movie. The car, the car wasn't moving. The scenery was. Yeah, no. exactly. yeah. <laughs> safer yeah. that way. It is safer that way. Everybody's drunk on set, so it's safer to just <laughs> move the scenery than them in the car. Mm. Fix the tie, pack the papers, fix mm-hmm. the belt, stuff the wife, leave. Yep. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> he's doing more than stuffing envelopes at work. Hey, yeah. I would have loved to see Willard play Crockett like Crockett was in the book because he was a much darker character. He had some skeletons in his closet um, that they don't touch on because it was 1979 and they couldn't get away with touching on him. Mm. But yeah, 
I, w- I, w- I would have been very interested to see what Willard would have done with a more book accurate Larry Crockett because oof. not that he doesn't do a good job in this. He does a fantastic job in this. Fred Willard can do no wrong, but just given what he was supplied with in the script, he did a great job. I would love to see, I would have loved to have seen them expand on that, but I would actually kind of like to see this be remade now where, you know, things aren't so taboo to touch on. They're um, doing that. Yeah. I like, I think this is one that deserves a remake too, like a modern remake. I just wish, I just wish anyone on planet earth besides James Wan was doing it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> This has baby blue ties to it as well a lot. There's a lot of baby blue in this film, just like there was in Carrie. Well, it's the 70s baby. That was the, that was the thing. It was the baby blue. Yep. That's true. It's the fucking, uh, the, ever since Saturday Night Fever, you know? The butterfly collars. <laughs> the fucking uh, Danny Bonaducci. The cock of the walk. Give me the baby blue. <laughs> His jacket looked like he, he took an old tablecloth and made that. Hell yeah. He looks he looks like he's about to go oversee a construction site for a couple of hours, get his mob kick back, then go to the country club and get a highball. That's yep. exactly what he looks like. He's the mayor from Jaws. A highballer in Yes. He's yeah. the mayor from Jaws. Or the mayor or the owner of Piranha. The Dick Miller character of Piranha. Hell yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yes. Dick Miller, rest in peace. Dick Miller. Honestly, I mean, like, I guess that jacket's just synonymous with, like, aloof dickheads. Because that seems to be the fucking uniform, apparently. Yeah. And it's striker. Like, it's interesting, the color choices, because, like, you know, he's wearing all black. So it's like, they just, like, really want to sell you that he's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, right off the bat. Because that was the thing then. Like, if you wore black, you were the bad guy. That's right. You know? Yeah, which is probably why a lot of the other colors that are brighter in comparison to what he's wearing as well. Mm. Mm, the contrast. It's the contrast. Yeah. There was also, they were still playing by like stage placement rules then too. So like your entrance, if you entered from the left on stage, you were the hero. If you entered from the right off from off stage, you were the villain. So if you notice, Straker spends a lot of time on the right on the side right of the side. screen. Yep. Because they were still playing by those rules then. We don't we don't really do that these days in the movies. We like to fucking switch it up and keep you guessing. Mm. But old school vaudevillian rules, that was that was the thing. Now we're seeing the perks of being a celebrity. You get to watch <laughs> rehearsals for a school play. <laughs> to, hey. Nowadays you're not just walking into a school just to go and say, Hey, what's up? That's true, Props, too, I guess. No, no. A grown-ass <laughs> man ain't walking into a high school <laughs> or, uh, anytime soon. No, that's not a thing. But you got to give it up for my boy Mark Petrie, though. He wrote that shit, and he directed it. Jason Burke's just overseeing it. That was all him, you know? That was that was me. I was the high school stage prodigy writing my own plays and shit. So, yeah, I'm, yeah give it up for Mark Petrie. I mean, that's a lot of talent. It takes a lot of work. Stage production is hard. Oh, yeah. Super hard. Probably harder than filmmaking. Eh. I don't you, know. Okay. You, you don't have a net when you're film. When you're filmmaking, you have a net when you screw up. It's harder. When you're performing live, you don't. 
it's harder for it's harder for the actors. Everybody else, it's a lot easier because there's not a grip work super simple because it's just stage shut-ins behind there. So you're just pulling stages for your sets and shit. It, it's it, everybody else. The director, he just, I mean, you just once it gets going, you just roll the dice and go, hey man, good luck, because they're not they're not calling shots. They're not telling you. They're not giving you in process critique. Yeah. It's just you got to let it happen. But it's harder on the actors, that's for sure. Well, they're out there. They're the ones being mm-hmm. stared at. Yeah. I'd love to see a stage production of Salem's Lot. That'd be cool. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Rob Lowe will return to play. Key. Well, Please we still don't. got. Hutch is still kicking, I think. Who? Maybe they can do a musical. The, the, the lead dude. I think he's still alive. The blonde guy, the pretty guy. Yeah, David Soul's still alive. Yeah. husband can be played by uh, what's his name there from uh, Roseanne. John Goodman. John Goodman. Yeah, yeah that's what he. That's what he reminds me of. Who? Who? Who does? Cuddy. Uh, Boom Boom's, Boom Boom's husband. Yeah, Cuddy. Uh, a little bit. He lost some weight I a, too. So what a brain fart! I forgot the name. <laughs> <laughs> John Goodman lost weight too, so now he's even uh, more handsome and, and luscious kid. Isn't this? Oh yeah, that's Ned Tibbetts stalk, casually stalking Bonnie Bedelia. I want a T-shirt with Ned Tibbetts plumbing contracting on it. You can actually buy one. Really? My boy was is up in Maine. Was up in Bangor, Maine, just this morning, yeah. and they have like a Stephen King gift shop. Oh. Um. And it's fucking wild. Yeah, I he actually picked me up like two hundred bucks worth of shit because I was like, yeah, just get me all that, just do it. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, they had like all kinds of like signature little things from the movies and stuff, and they had a Ned Tebbets plumbing T-shirt. I brought it. That's fucking dope. Is it me or does Ned the actor who plays Ned Tibbins in the film look, look like somebody like Stephen King? A little a bit. Little I was going to say Bruce Campbell. He, I thought he was Bruce Campbell at first, even I know he's not even in this movie. It's like Stephen King, but has Bruce Campbell's chin. Yeah. They little, they, little yeah. Kumsi Kumsa there. Stephen King wasn't famous enough to make the cameos yet, so they just put somebody else in his place. I don't think he was doing cameos at this point yet. I didn't start till Pet Cemetery, if I'm not mistaken. No, was he in Creep Show? Creep Show. My bad. She's in love with everybody. That's what I hear. They don't call her Boom Boom for nothing. That's true. You got to earn that name, yeah. You're not born with it. And I mean, she did not marry that guy for the sex, let's be honest. Seriously. She Probably for his business. Mm, or that jacket, man. That jacket's, that jacket's smooth. And I mean, he does plow a beer pretty well. <laughs> I like when they, the, when um, Fred Willard, when they, when he goes to actually goes to their house to meet up with her, and she's in that little velour, um, like short set. Mm-hmm. Like I would totally rock that even now. That thing's cute as hell. <laughs> yeah. See now things are going to start getting interesting. And here's our favorite policeman. Yep. 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 That guy. That guy doing doing the good work right there. Doing the good work. Yep. He's got like a munchkin. Oh, he's. 
You know what I love about this scene? Do nothing. I love this scene because he's questioning him about the double parking. Double parking, but he, yeah. But he had absolutely no gripe with him walking into the thing with a fucking beer. Like, <laughs> it's like, okay, this is definitely the 70s. <laughs> this is well before Mad came along. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Back at, I believe, what, is the antique awesome. the store. Antique shop, the antique shop was actually a newspaper um, office mm. that's actually still in business to this day. Very cool. That's actually really impressive considering, you know, how badly newspapers have gone down the tubes. Yeah, because you can read everything on the internet nowadays. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that there's actually the publication is still in print and that they still use that particular location. Mm-hmm. It's California, right? You said? Yeah. Well, I could see Maine still doing newspapers, but California, they're all hip, all hip and new age. That's even more inciting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how hip or new age they are right now. They're all on fire. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't believe in homes. Okay. They, they've become a nomadic people. <laughs> Salem's Lot. California turned into Salem's Lot, dude. Yeah. Life imitating art. Oh, man. Now time to pay off some guys so I can go spy on my wife. Yeah. I even spy on his wife. He knows. He knows that she's doing her dirt. He's going to catch the bitch. He likes it. I've I've always I've always wondered that like like Cuckin'. was was he cucking and then just yeah. had a change of heart like because they weren't exactly discreet. Yeah. See now, yeah, now now we're gonna start now things start getting interesting. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jeffrey Lewis. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Julia Lewis's father over there. Mm-hmm. He had his resurface, and uh, what Devil's Rejects was probably the one that kind of put him back in the spotlight a little bit. Banjo and fucking Sullivan. That's yeah. what's up. Love it, yep. Probably Rob Zombie's greatest film. Mm, no, not, 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 not even That's... remotely probably, Anthony. It's Rob Zombie's greatest film. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> but Lord's of Salem is a close second. Lord's of Salem is good. I'm biased. I like all of them. <laughs> for different reasons, but I like all of them. Sure. Except for, ex- except for Halloween, too. I don't like I, either of the Halloweens. None, none of them, are. Well, none of his? No, not of his Halloween movies. I I, I enjoyed uh, House of a Thousand, Devil's Rejects. I gave. I recently rewatched Lords of Salem, and I appreciate it more than I did when I was younger. Yeah. Um, Thirty One was all right. Three from Hell, sure. I'll give it a. I'll give it a B. Um, but yeah, man, those Halloween movies can't do it. Mm-mm, not a fan. And El Super Beast, though, it's just a fun, fun movie. Well, that's fucking hilarious. His animation yeah. shit's amazing. Yeah. I've never seen that one. I'd actually like to see him do more of the animation ones. I would too. I would too. He's really fucking good at it. Oh I'm shit! I'm kind of curious Look too. Oh wait, wait. I'm, 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 I
Where we got? I was going to say, Toby yeah. Tracking. Our dog. With a dead doggy. Can't show that on TV anymore. Deconsecrated ground. There's a lot you can't do on television anymore. That that dog smoked too much weed like everybody else in this show here, too. Well, that that was one thing that they didn't touch on either, is to, like, they had to do a ritual. You know, Straker had to do a ritual yeah. in, in the cemetery to deconsecrate it so that the vampires could actually leave their graves. Oh, oh and they left that out of the movie? Yeah. They left that that's, out of the movie. That was that was why the dog got killed. That's kind of and, and that's kind of like an integral part of yeah. Well, so that that that's another thing that should have been in the movie adaptation when they did this. Mm-hmm. They touched on it in the 2004 version. Actually, they did say something about it um, in passing. But yeah, no, that was a that was that was a, a kind of a key piece because consecrated ground. If you bury a vampire in consecrated ground, it can't do nothing. Mm. It's it's stuck. Yeah. You can't get out. This was a deleted scene from Ernest Saves Christmas right here. <laughs> With the I just I just want to know like why they had so much concerns about such a large lampshade. That's all. It's one of those big legs from Christmas story. Fragile. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Woo! Dude. They're hauling ass. Yep. That's that's that back that's that back city trucking right there. It's like they're 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 making time. Yeah, they like seriously. And then you wonder why like you didn't tie the you didn't tie the crate down or anything and you wonder why it's moving around back there. <laughs> well, that, that is absolutely not what they're trying to imply, Melissa. They're definitely <laughs> trying to imply that the thing's moving oh, on. I know I know that, but like <laughs> It's just like any other, like a moving company would actually tie that down or, you know, put it somewhere where it's not going to move. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're talking about two drunk ass fucking good old boy That's swamp Yankees. <laughs> good old boy swamp Yankees from a town the size of a thumbnail. Like they, they're not going to tie anything down. As a matter of fact, I'm half surprised that one of them wasn't riding the fucking thing back to the lot. Yeah. For real. And I'm going to drive, but we're going to both just turn around and look to see this thing moving. Right? Yeah. Now. Well, not- yeah, that's, that's it. Like we're, t- <laughs> we're looking at, we're looking at the personification of the 1970s version of look, fucking hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Look what I can do. Yeah. Yep. There's the outfit. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, like that's super sexy. She looks it's, like it's simple. She looks like she's about to play five rounds of fucking clay top tennis and then get railed by her coach. That's what she looks like. Yeah, well, the get railed part is right. Salem oh. slut. Yeah. Pornography. Hey, we don't we don't slut shame though. Like she, this is no. that's her that's her journey. She wants she wants to get get down with Larry Crockett. She can get down with Larry Crockett. Like I mean, she sub. There's consequences, but she you know. There's a Hooper shot for you. Oh, that is, yeah, that's 100% him. He was always good for that, though. Like, he, he didn't like dead air. He didn't like uh, he didn't like keeping things still. Even if it was a very benign, just I'm talking on the phone shot, like, he had an interesting way to approach it. Yeah. This kid is the dopest bedroom ever. Like, with all the little things he's got going on in there. Well, Petrie, Mark Petrie is a... a uh, 
kind of like based on Stephen King when he was a kid. Mm. He was the weird. He was like us. He was he was the weird kid. He was the yeah. one that had the monsters all over his bedroom. You know? I fucking hate ventriloquist dummies. Like, uh, if there's one thing that creeps the shit out of me, it's those little bastards. Fun fact: Erica, who starred in One Last Kill in the Box, who also lives with my best friend slash business partner Paul, owns many ventriloquist dummies. And I'm mildly fucking terrified of them. And they have to be put away before I come over. Uh, well, at least just, I'm not the only one that feels that way. About just a them. little bit. No, they're fucking strange. I, they I, look creepy. They freak mm-hmm. me out, man. First thing we get in the room to get possessed is going to be a fucking ventriloquist on me. Yeah. Someone in her family use them or they just like collected them? No, she just has them. They're expensive, I think, aren't they? They ain't cheap. Yeah. They ain't cheap. I actually thought about getting one once when I when I read like for laughs, and then I realized how much it was, and I was like, "Ah, I ain't I mean, laughing I, about I, that I, anymore." I saw um, they had one of um, Billy from Saw and Billy from Dead Silence at the at a, one of the conventions one time, and they were like two hundred bucks a piece. Mm. That's that's even moderate, I would say. Yeah, I, compared I, to some of the ones I've seen, because like, what's that? The one from Twilight Zone. Um, what is it? Talking Tina. Yeah. And, mm, yes. Yes. And the other mm. one, I've seen those. Those are like even. I mean, they're still expensive. Well, I mean, they're expensive for me anyway. I'm not paying three hundred dollars to have some evil-looking doll staring at me at night. Bill Coin's gonna get it. I, if he, he doesn't already have it, he you doesn't. He's got the Chucky doll. He's got Chucky, Chucky doll's doll. cool. Yeah. yeah. I can deal with Chucky. I can deal with the Puppet Master dolls, but like he gets a ventriloquist dummy in his house. I ain't never going over there. Night of the Living Dummy. Quick, quick side note: those new NECA Puppet Master dolls are fucking awesome. They are, yeah. Yeah, yeah I have I to have eventually that. get it. Mel, Mel has one. Of, got them autographed, right, Mel? Yeah, so, I ordered yeah. the autographed ones from. from Very cool. Mel. Nice. I couldn't nice. go wrong for forty bucks each set autographed. Right. That's a, that's a steal. I got I got both sets, but I didn't get them autographed. I just bought them at Target. <laughs> I'm mad at Target right now. They can't. They don't have the thing doll I want. Target. What, McCready? Yeah, I can't find him. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's mm, the the especially the 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 uh, special packaging for the exclusive. Yeah, real hard to come by. Like I'm on the look for him, and I'm on the look for um the Freddy Krueger car from the first Nightmare on Elm Street that they have. Already. Okay, the diecast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been Walmart. Is the exclusive for that, and they've been sold out. Good luck, good luck. I I gotta say, um, I know it's off subject, but Walmart and all their exclusive collectibles suck fucking balls. They never have anything. They're nope. always sold out. Yeah, they're always like they must have some dude in the back that's just fucking handing fucking dealer shit. Oh yeah, on, on the fucking cuff because that shit never hits the floor. They sell them on eBay and shit. When those yeah. Ghostbusters came out, dude, I tried to get them for, I finally found them, but like, after they did a second edition release of them or something. But that's why I would like, if I see something at the store and I, and I have the money, I buy it right then and there because I've learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah, it's not even, something. it's not even a second thought with me anymore. If I see something new that I'm looking for, I just, yeah. whatever, even if I don't have the cash on me, I'll put it on my credit card and pay it later because it's not going to be there when I come back and I'm never going to fucking see it again. So. Like you can leave and go back in an hour and it, that shit will be mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. I actually, the same day that I got the Puppet Masters, I was lucky enough to score 
the Quint from Jaws, the first the first piece from their Jaws line. Yeah. And I actually got one and I was like, Oh fuck. And I didn't even care that it was forty five dollars. I was like, yeah. I, I'm just buying it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't even <laughs> seen the Puppet Master dolls in the store yet. They lasted three hours. I had to go back to Target the same night to pick pick up some command sh- uh, command hooks for getting shit ready for cons again, and they were already gone. They had three of each. I bought my two. I went home for three hours, realized I needed to go back to Target, and they were already gone. Melissa. Wow, that's how Damn. long they last. Gone. Yeah. So it was like one in a million that I got that lucky to even just see them on the shelf like that. That's why I buy a lot of stuff on the internet. You know what, though, Anthony? I've, I've noticed, too, and I'm not trying to make this whole episode about collectibles, but that's risky shit, man, because people, like, the copies are very fucking convincing, and they're almost, like, day and fucking date with the regular NECA shit, so you got to be, like, real careful about who you buy from. I usually just buy from the major... Companies. That's All right it. then. All right then. Yeah, I just I just wanted to put it out there. Yeah, I, I'm aware of that. Yeah, yeah. All the all the people that work at Walmart that are doing that are taking them instead of selling them, go going on eBay and fucking people in the ass. I want that mask though. There you go. Yeah, he's got some dope masks up in the back there. Very uh, Corey Feldman ish. Uh, Friday. Yeah. Four. Friday the thirteenth. Oh, Friday. oh. It's, it, it, if if Tommy Jarvis wasn't based on Mark Petrie, I don't know. Like they, he had to be <laughs> a young Savini and a young Stephen King. I mean, even the haircuts are kind of the same. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised Feldman. No, Feldman. Yeah, he was, he was young enough to be in this in '79. I think I. I don't know. He's only. I think he's got five years on me, so he would probably been like four or five at the time. I wasn't born yet. I know that. Yeah. I came along. Like eight, nine months after this came out. I was like a month was, old when this came out. I was like two. <sighs> yeah, I wasn't born either. This reran a lot on TV, though. I think this was the first Stephen King movie I ever officially watched because it would be on TV. I caught this. First time I ever caught this was Masterpiece Theater on PBS. Yeah. Yep. When they it was used Halloween. Yep. <laughs> wow, I didn't know PBS ran horror films. They used to, Anthony. Now it's just oh, reruns. Yeah, that they used to do cool stuff. Now it's just reruns of Nova in this old fucking house. Just yeah. like the Sci-Fi Channel, they used to yeah. air cool movies. And now they don't. Don't forget Lawrence Welk. <laughs> Lawrence Welk. <laughs> oh. He's coughing. I'm now not coughing. Cool. More baby blues. More oh, baby no, blues. the coffin. <laughs> the coffin. He was coughing in the coffin. Those nooses. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And it's cold. Yeah. It's cold. The oh, box is cold. Why is the box that? cold? We need to open the box. No, you don't. I wonder if that kid's, the kid with the mask room was bright red like that. Because isn't there a bright red Texas Chainsaw Massacre room? Isn't the kitchen bright red? The walls? No, the like uh, the butcher room. The butcher room is, is red. Yeah. I actually have my my bedroom is painted the same red as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre butcher room. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. But yeah, no, Anthony, I, I literally made a whole fucking movie about why you shouldn't open the goddamn box. <laughs> Don't open the box. For real. Like, no. Handle with care. 
bad things happen when you open up the box. Seriously, like you'll every, see later on. Honestly, in like, another scene. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. You'll see it like later in the on. Next, the fog has a, a blue tinge to it. But yeah. I mean, think about all the bad things that can happen from opening boxes: vampires, oh, pregnancy, mummies. No, it's true. It's true. Oh, oh, it's the glicks. The glicks. My favorite. My favorite, also. Their scene, they mm, terrifying. This scene terrifying. should be a reminder. For all kids going out into the woods to stick together. Exactly. There's some Hooper techniques in this film. This has a very Invaders from Mars. I mean, he did that after this. After this. But this scene right here has very Invaders from Mars. Even though that's a reboot itself. But it has a vibe. The same mindset was used. Mm Mm-hmm. No, the wind, the the wind usage, the the, the jump scare oh, there God. with the cone cutting all the way to black and not showing anything. It's a pretty like, genius. Not for, You're right. Like not for nothing. I lived in Delaware for a while, and there was like a big wooded area that we used to use to cut through to go to a lot of different places. And I don't give a shit. There was no way you would get my ass to go through the fucking woods at night. Never mind leaving my sister. As much as sometimes I'd love to leave her somewhere. That I would have left my sister in the woods at night alone by herself and run off. Did have a better chance of realistically putting that box in that basement. I don't know how the fuck they got that. That's like double the size of the doorway. You know, and, and they carried it. They didn't even have to <laughs> Honestly, it. that that thing had to be. Ooh. I don't know. With it, with a full grown. Mr. Barlow, a coffin inside of it, plus the crate itself. The shit had to be 400 pounds. Look how wide that is. I don't see a dolly. Look how wide that fucking did. That ain't fitting through no doorway. Get out of here. Did they just. I'm going through a bulkhead, but like. Look at that. That fits through that fucking doorway. Melissa, look at that fucking bulkhead. Honestly, that's not happening. No way. Like, down the stairs, there's no. 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 I, I don't I don't know that was that was that was a hard one to buy. Let's I, get the hell out of here. I get they why they out, made it so big though. They cut out the scene of them breaking down the box and everything, and then putting it back together inside the house. Apparently, it's in here now. And they opened it up and like didn't bat an eyelash at a wicker basket coffin. Like that wasn't alarming. <laughs> hey, no biggie. As long as it's not wood, they would have been upset by the wood. See that that explains why it wasn't so heavy. It was wicker. Very nice. It was, it, it, I'm I'm sorry. His coffin looks like a worker basket. That's. He's like screw locking this shit up. We out. Yeah. Maybe he's Jewish. The Jewish don't believe in fancy coffins. That's a fun fact. They go bare bones. Well, I think I I do think that that was supposed to be a nod to his age. That yeah. he was he was in a time before pageant. He, his coffin's old enough where it's like a, from a time before pageantry. In funerals, he used to be a snake, and when you play the flute, he would come out of the wicker thing and dance. It was very nice. Reminds me of that fucking movie, um, Layer of the White Worm. <laughs> oh yeah, I always got a heavy Salem's Lot vibe from that movie uh, yeah, because of that. The, completely, yeah. Mm-hmm. More baby blue, dude. It's all over <laughs> this movie, man. It's all over this I'm going to be paying attention for every Stephen King movie now with the baby blue. 
Blue seems to be the official color of Salem's lot. It really is, yeah. The, it was baby, it. the baby blue, the yellows, and the reds are very prominent in this movie. I think the baby blue is supposed to be like a pale to go with the vampire thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think it was mostly a design choice to not clash with Barlow's skin. Yeah. That's what I think. So that they, they, they didn't just... Uh, they did it this way so that it didn't just suddenly get all weird and everyone was wearing baby blue when Barlow came on the scene. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? At least that's uh that's my thoughts. Tracking shot. Tracking shot. They love him. They love him. He was laying dolly rail everywhere. Oh yeah. Very nice. You know, mm-hmm. graveyard, there's graveyards in just about every Toby Hooper film. Yeah. If you think about it. There are. Some some you don't even know about. Some some yeah, you, exactly. You, some you just dig in a fucking pool and yeah. <laughs> taking a dip and next thing you know. Ah, more track. Look, it's doing it again. But going the other way. You gotta make full use. <laughs> once you get that track and once you get once you get that dolly fucking rail down, man, you don't want to move it. So <laughs> I want that car. Straker has a Straker has a hot fucking car. Like that's the kind of thing like I would expect a vampire to drive. You know what I mean? Of course. Like that guy is dripping in blood and pussy. That's that's the car. <laughs> Like I said, he's a straight pimp. He is though. Look at that! Look at that chin! Look at that fucking jawline! That's how he looks at the, at the, at the well girls. defined. You don't want me to have to hurt you, baby. The fucking mustache is just padding for the seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Mm. Yeah, I really want that car. That is nice. It's a fucking very fancy car. When cars were actually made out of metal and not plastic. Mm. To be fair, my car is made out of metal. Just saying. No. This part's kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> this, this is rough. I offer you your mail, sir. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and and like in King fashion, like I don't know if you guys have noticed as being King fans throughout the years. King really likes to kill kids. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he really, he really likes to kill kids because yeah. he knows it's gonna fucking anybody that has even a remnant of a soul, it's gonna twist them in 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 really hard ways. Mm. I don't know. Is it just me, or does when he walked in with the body, it looks smaller than the kid actually looked as they were walking to the fort? The it looks fatter. It looks fatter well, than the kid, you know. I feel like there was some alliteration there because obviously he couldn't carry the kid wrapped up in plastic. Yeah, and I know. By then, um, the guy who played Straker was already a pretty, mm, in in he wasn't in great shape. Yeah. Uh, so he couldn't lift much. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, they had wrapped plastic around like some pillows. Yeah. To at least make the the visual because they wanted to show him carrying it. Yeah. But yeah, that's about all he could pull off. We're referring to James Mason. James yeah. Mason, yes, thank you. 
I forgot his name. Thank you, Anthony. Oh, 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 shit. Oh, Cuddy's angry. James Mason was in a movie called uh, The Big Picture or something like that. Criterion put it out. It was a really good movie. I was surprised how good it was. Uh Uh-oh. 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 Shotgun wedding. Stay here, baby. You come with me. (laughs) Right. Oh, Crockett. Now she's trying to make excuses. She does. She has all the clothes on. He's naked, so he was getting a blowjob. You know, this is actually interesting because this is a scene that they would absolutely not be able to pull off these days. Yeah. Like, she comes, he comes busting with the shotgun and she immediately yells rape. Like, <laughs> I, there would be a million and a half fucking red, like, Twitter would be ablaze. If anyone tried to do that in a movie now, they yelled it. There's still chicks that do this on a regular basis. If they I know. Oh my God, he's raping me. Yeah, I know. Not. I know. Trust me. I, I, I'm, I'm aware there are nefarious types out there that don't always tell the truth. Um, but yeah, no, there's no way. I mean, we're talking about a generation of people nowadays that gives the guy that made our founding fathers, black and Latino and Hamilton shit for not having enough of a specific group of people in his movie. I mean, they'd lose their fucking minds at this. Oh my God. Yeah. They'd make it part of the cancel culture. Honestly, like if anybody actually, I'm glad that, you know, today's generation doesn't fucking read because if anybody went and read Stephen King before like 1995, he'd be canceled like tomorrow. Yeah, legit. He's huge. I don't know. Certain people get so big they can't cancel him. Oh, I mean, I didn't say it will work, but they Uh, certainly fucking try. (laughs) The man has his own economy. He's worth more than some countries. I don't think there's much you can do to him at this point. (laughs) I like how insane this guy looks with the gun. He's a good actor. He did he did a fucking fantastic job with this like little piece of it. Again, like great character acting in this movie, you know? Yeah. You know, Is it like, really mm-hmm. He was playing, you know, kind of a lovable goof earlier and now he's playing a dude that you think would blow this guy's head off for what's going on. And that oh, yeah. then his own head, then his own head of course. Yeah, probably. He's definitely, when I look at that dude's face, he's definitely yeah, the murder-suicide type, for sure. That look is, like, insane. Uh-huh. Like, the anger and everything. Like, I just caught you banging my wife. You're going to die. Yeah. Bang. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a murder-suicide guy. The both of them would get it that he'd kill himself up. He's friends with the cop, too. He'd probably call the cop and then do it while talking to the cop. Look at this guy. I love this guy already. Look at him. I feel He's like fucking him. mental, man. I just see that twisted smile that I feel for him. He's fucking mental. Can you blame him? Like He's like Bobcat Goldweight in deep depression. That's what he looks like. Mm-hmm. With some extra weight on him. I like how they build the tension here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, when you're holding the barrel... A gun in your face. The dude wants to kill you. That's some serious tension going on. And, and you don't know how this is going to end. Like I, I, I mean, just just the line where he's like, "This trigger's got about five pounds of pull, and I got three on it right now." Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, oh. 
and he's got him holding it so his movement is could jerk it. Yeah, I mean, mm, yeah, that's that's a way to mess with a guy. Seriously. I love this scene. This scene was like yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Here it comes. Wait a minute. Bam! What a bad way to go for for Fred yeah. Willard. But that's but that's it. That's again part of like genius of Toby Hooper working with the limitations. Can't show the blood. Can't show the attack. Can't show the gore. Flip that hand up. Mm. Pop up surprise, and then zoom hard zoom in. Got it handled. Absolutely. And that hand. Still, that would be a bad way to go out. What? <laughs> wearing that red underwear and everything. That'd be a good way to go out? No, bad way to go oh, out. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, now he's going to wander around Salem's lot looking for fucking blood in his fucking red polka dot <laughs> underwear. It's going to get cold out there. Well, he's already going to be cold, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think he's got much to worry about there. He's going to be room temperature. It'll be and if you, you, you die first, he's going to shit and piss his pants and have to walk around in his shit and pissy fucking underwear. I don't know if Barlow just decided to run up on me in the middle of the night. I'd have shit and piss in my pants well before I oh, died. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he is a scary dude. Sure. <laughs> As you'll see later on. Mm, I think I think this'll if I'm not mistaken, we'll 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 get that reveal right before the first half concludes. Of of Salem's lot, we'll get that. We'll get that taste. Oh. Yeah, that's that's how I just casually nap by the lake. Yeah, that's, like all the time. That's that's what I do. Y- you fucked up, Hutch. You could have got it, and you fell asleep. And, and instead, you stumble on to a car with a dead body inside. I mean, why not? Like, I don't, I don't. I, this, this is a plot hole I've never made any sense of. Like, how the fuck did Crockett get in a car and get shipped up here? Like, did Barlow bring him here? He had to in, have. Like, it uh, makes no sense whatsoever. In, in like, 8.52 seconds, he just left Crockett there in his fucking underwear, like... In his car. And Crockett's dead, right? He, he He's dead. He got attacked. Why don't we ever see Crockett come back as a vampire? Yeah, because he's, like, the only one. Here's your favorite part, James. This is, yeah, the, one of the greatest uh, parts of the film right here. Oh, shit. One of the creepiest kids in horror movie history. Oh, hands, yeah. hands fucking down. This part gives me the willies still. Like, just mm, the music. The music in this part. Like, that constant. Yeah, it's like, you know no good is going to come out of it. No, and I mean, like, oh, uh, and then, like, just, like, uh like again, like this is like before, like scores were almost all orchestral at this point. This mm. is one of the first, like really, like moody, just noises kind of scores. And oh man, and, and it's like that whole fingernails on the blackboard vibe as he's scratching at the window to let get let in. Mm-hmm. Waxwork put out a really good edition of this final. 
I have the vinyl. It's so I, good. It's like blue uh, and yellow. I got it. Yeah, uh-huh. so it's cool. Uh, so good. Like you, you, like you don't think there's something weird about your little brother floating outside the window? I, I mean, that would strike me as very fucking odd that he's Especially flying. Like that. Yes. Like it's- I would have closed the curtains and went and hid under my fucking bed. I wouldn't open the window. No, Danny. Like, your I'm brother so- is not fucking Peter Pan. No, like, leave it be. <laughs> Danny, Danny Glick would have gotten one of these. Yeah. A stiff middle finger, and I would have closed the shades, and I would have been under my bed, like holding a cross, crying. Bible like, under the pillow. Like- yeah, like I would. I mean, I'm a lifelong atheist, but I'd be a fucking believer that day. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. Bad ass. Like, there's no fucking way I would be opening my window to let him in. Yeah, I'd be probably be hiding, hoping the parents don't let him in. Freaking the fuck out, crying my eyes out. Yeah, I mean, if you could... You and then could I like take... how he comes in, like, he's kind of, like, swimming into the room. Well, he's heavenly now. He's ghostly. He, he's, he's, he's a demonic vampire. Hey, look at the, like, you could almost take into consideration the fact that it's family and he'd want to see his brother again, so he'd kind of make himself... You could, if you could wrap your head around the fact that he didn't look evil till after the door was open. Then you could yeah. possibly say, "Yeah, so I think I my, think they." W- I, I don't care how bad I miss my sibling. If the motherfucker is floating outside my window, they're saying nope. floating outside the fucking window. Yeah, especially if you're upstairs. Yeah, For that's real. true. <laughs> I've seen. Well, it's like it's like the Mark Petrie thing. Like he's he knows what's up, right? Mm-hmm. So he's seen this shit before. He knows what's going on. So he reaches for the fucking cross. I feel like any one of us in a my town is being taken over by satanic ass fucking vampires situation would have a pretty good leg up on what to fucking do. Like, don't go out at night. Don't let anybody in the house. Fucking possibly maybe burn some houses down during the daytime. So they have nowhere to sleep. I don't know, (laughs) but I feel like we'd all have a very specific kind of training for this situation. (laughs) It's true. We're horror fans though. That's it. Yeah. That's it. They don't know. These people are there. They, they watch football games. They don't yeah, know. they're unassuming. They 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 think horror is like, you know, creature double feature on fucking Saturday mornings. That's, that's it. Dark Shadows <laughs> is as horrific as it gets for these people. Dark Shadows is pretty fucking horrific. But not for or Twilight. Television. Uh, Twilight's, you know, that's later. And it's horrific for all other kinds of reasons. That's a guilty pleasure movie. Twilight? <laughs> I like the Twilight movies. I've never so, watched them. Never watched one. I got a feel I wouldn't like them for some reason, so I never watched them. Not me neither. The sparkling <laughs> vampire shit aside. Yeah. <laughs> Sing the vampire genre back ten years. Unfortunately. I don't watch it because of the vampire werewolf portion of the story. She wants the sexy dudes. Hell yeah. I, I, I am not. Stewart being annoying. I'm not. Oh, uh, God. She's like a postage stamp. Anyway, uh, I, I'm not ashamed to admit that my ex dragged me to literally every fucking one of those films. So uh, I've had oh. to watch them. Oof. And my g- gentlemen, I can confirm they're as bad as you think they are. Of course. They're pretty terrible. <laughs> Mel looks sad now. They're great, Mel. No, I, I mean, I do like them. Like, But the only reason I got into them is, like, when they first came out, I was going through treatments. Yeah. So 
I got into them because like, I was sick. What else yeah, did special, I have to do? Special, they have a special meaning to you, and that's awesome. Yeah. Fuck know. it. Fuck it. If, if you enjoy it, you enjoy I it. Horror, I lost my horror, my cool horror card for that one, but whatever. No, no. Nah. We'll, give it, we'll give it back. We'll give it nah. back to you at the end of the night. You can have it back at the end of the show. Nah. Just not, <laughs> just not my breed of vampire, Mel. I'm not going to knock anybody for liking it. I just didn't appreciate that I had to sit through like six hours of that shit. Yeah, no, I, 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 for a guy like that, I can't, like any, like most guys that I know that willingly went to see those movies was because they were gay and into Jacob. Or, or like my ex's best friend was secretly trying to bang someone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking werewolf nature. He right? was trying to he was trying to get in there. So he was like, I love Twilight. Meanwhile, I'm sitting on the left side of her, like, why am I here? Yeah. Shoot me why, we could have went and seen predators. Why are we here? <laughs> How about you go see Twilight? I'm gonna go see Predators. I won't meet here after. I tried that. I tried. It didn't work. <laughs> James, that was me when I was watching the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Oh man. Mm. God. I think we can all agree that was a hot pile of shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ned Tibbetts. Another creepy scene. Oh, fuck. Yeah. He's worried. So, uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was the uh, digging up scene. Not this yet. Is kind of the living Not gathering. yet. You're, you're okay. gathering all the bodies to burn. The, oh, they're, uh, they're searching for the, for the Glick kid. That's yeah. right. Yeah. He's very no. unenthused. We're not going to find him in this fucking leaf. <laughs> Poor guy, dude. He's not, he's not in that branch, I, I promise. I tell you. you, they're all stoned, man. They're all stoned in this. Including movie. that policeman. He's the guy. He's supplying them. <laughs> he's, the gonna, most, he's the most stoned. He's like a big gulp in his arms. What is that? Smallest piece of fabric ever. How? Oh, this is a more realistic box to get into the basement. Mm-hmm. Lunch I love the look on his face as he's opening it up. Like, ah, oh, yes, Master will be proud. That's his lunchbox, man. That's very fancy. Which very neighborhood fancy. kid is in this one? It's true. And I love the cop comes in and it like reseals it. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I don't want to smell anything funny, you know? That smells like deeply basted boy that you have there, (laughs) sir. The first air fryer. Yeah. The first (laughs) air fryer. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) He is the worst cop. He is. He's terrible at this. He questions, but he, I mean, that's, I mean, he's like, where's your, where's your black suit there, bucko fucking Chuck? What's up? <laughs> like, that's, that's the extent of his investigation. <laughs> you, put, you put a knife out on a cop there. You get shot you for that, that now. You get, yeah, you get shot for that these days. You threatening me? Bang, bang, bang. His entire rib cage would be perforated with nine millimeter bullets right now. That's, that's what would be going on. Hollow point. Seriously. He wouldn't have a back anymore because that's how those bullets work. Small in, big out. 
so. <laughs> is he wearing, is that a real police shirt or is he wearing like a polo? I don't think he's wearing a polo. I I'd like to like think a... they have the money for a nice... Uh, oh, it's a button-up. Button-up, and cool beans. And, you know, chest badges or... Uh, what do you call them there? Well, since everything's on patches. It's the finest uniform. A, uh, yeah. That they he's could afford. He's talking about a small-town cop right here. It's like... I mean... I want a jacket like that. Yeah. I, I would want a bomber jacket like that. Reminds me heavily of Jaws for the Revenge. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, you can buy those bomber jackets easily enough. I want a yeah. fake police one. I want a fake police one, though. I, I mean, you have killed. to buy the you have to buy the patches, but it's the same shit. You can get them at the flea market. You can probably buy yeah. the whole getup at the flea market and the gun. Buy them at the military <laughs> stores, too. It's true. He just wanted to intimidate the witness. Maybe, maybe if we went to that Stephen King, um, you know, shop up in Maine, we could probably find the patches too to just to sew them onto a jacket. Maybe I bet they do have like a fucking dairy patch or something like that you can get. Well, I mean, I've seen like um, the t-shirts, like Spirit of Halloween. will have the shirts and stuff when they reopen. The they the they had like different shirts from different horror movies or whatever that were in tune with whatever movie it was or whatever, but I'm sure you can find it. Like, there's your patches. Yeah, they are. Big you don't need no thinking patches. $10. More awful police work. Huh? This guy's on Hi, top He's of reading it. a notepad. What are you talking about, Tone? This guy's on top of it, man. He's I'm drinking coffee. What are you talking about? He deserves another fucking... He's the perfect cop. The only thing he's missing <laughs> is a fucking donut. That's coming, probably. Up. Oh. Donuts are good. He already ate the donut. Come on. You can tell. Probably ate the whole dozen. Get the jelly sticks. Bear claw. Definitely. <laughs> He's, yeah. a bear claw. He's a bear claw, man. For sure. Look at him go. <laughs> There's the donuts. <laughs> there it is. Thank <laughs> God. Thank God. Yeah. I was starting to get worried. Can't have a cop scene without a cup of co- with, a, with a cup of coffee and no donut nearby. It's truth. Ned can't can't argue with that logic. Dude is but, sexy though. Like, it is that. It's got to be that blonde hair. <laughs> it is. There's a, the late Richard Donner right there. Damn. That is, yeah. Quite a cameo. Fucking legend is what that guy is. Mm-hmm. Back and forth. I love how he has like, you know, the, you don't see many dudes have resting bitch face, but he's got like resting bitch face through the whole film. Yeah, he does. He does. He looks. He looks unhappy. Yeah, he, he, he looks very unhappy. Happy. It's like he lost a bet with Hooper to be there. Yeah. Like, how can you not even crack a smile when she's around? Maybe he had traumatic experiences in his childhood. Yeah, I've had them too, but I still fake it. What, this guy? Being sad? Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't have to fake shit if I was with fucking 1979 Bonnie Bedelia. I'd be happier than a pig and fucking dog shit. You kidding (laughs) me? Did you look at her? She's fucking on. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Yeah. 
I'd just be happy to be there. Like nothing would even have to be going on. Just being in her presence. I'd just be sitting there like, life's good. I'm in. Yeah, this is great. Oh, yeah. Ah, shit. Fuck. It's round two. Right? Like, you didn't learn the first time. Like, you really want to punch this kid. Seriously. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. It was like, (laughs) we got one, then we get, now it's second. Like, dude. Did you? How stupid are you? Did you miss the memo? Mm. He missed a lot more than the memo. Yeah. like, you woke up a couple of pints low. Like, what? <laughs> and now for the full transformation. Again, though. Yeah. Again, though. Same fucking thing with the music. The boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. Oh, God, fuck. Oh, God. And so I, I love how it gets, like, super foggy before the vampires appear. Well, that's... that's uh... I love that. That's assisting the camera trick because that kid's on a like dolly crane, yeah. or like a like a black sheet over it, like while he's like getting pushed over to the fucking window. So I mean, the fog the fog's good for mood, but it's also a useful tool for obscuring the fact yeah. that he's not flying. And it's probably so incredibly uncomfortable for that kid. It's probably like fucking yeah. nails in his back. Like yeah, why are doing it? Gotta love how the no one in the hospital noticed that that. IV unit fell down. No. Of course not. Like, you don't hear glass shatter? Not when vampires are around. Oh my god, the stupidity factor. What is this room? Soundproof or something? (laughs) I just want to... I mean, it doesn't even really look like a a, a legit hospital room. Like, even for that. I thought that was the same room he was in the first time. Yeah, that's what it looks like. His bedroom <laughs> like a hospital setup. I didn't even recognize the fact that I thought that that IV was in his bedroom. I don't even know if he's in a hospital. Oh, now he needs a hospital. Well, he said that they were taking him to the doctors or whatever. Dr. Detroit. The next day. Yeah, he's out of dance. He's going to go with a pimp stick. Yeah, that's where those canes came from, Dr. Detroit, actually. Very good stuff. God, that fucking car is hot. That car is hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a collectible they could make. Yeah. I'm sure somebody has. There's you actually know, like, a... a Salem's Lot replica of that it's... car, like pro- prominent to the movie, like they did with yeah. the like, super car. Surprisingly, there's not a whole lot of Salem's Lot stuff out there. No, it's very strange. So I feel like. Mission to get some more. I feel like. Like fright rags, NECA. So now here we go with the hospital. Strip. Back to the hospital. Oh my goodness! Now they finally notice. Now he's dead. And they well, put him, and, he, and, he, and he was kind enough to put him back in bed. He was tired. That's good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's you know? good. It don't look like he got there on his own. That's for sure. Like he's all like twisted up and sprawled out like a. Ham sprawled out like boom boom. No. Yes, like I guess boom, nobody. Boom. I guess nobody works at night at the hospital. Nah. Doesn't look like anybody works in this town. Period. Well, actually, you know, it's interesting. In the seventies, there were actually like off hours at hospitals. They would be like, "Oh yeah, well, we're not going to do that for the next eight hours or so." It would be like really minimal staff. Yeah, come back later. <laughs> 
Oh, you're bleeding to death. Sorry. I don't know. Maybe it's me, but he, like the creep factor of Stryker kind of reminds me of like the creep factor of the tall man in Phantasm. There's there's so, lines. Yeah, there's similarities for sure. I'd agree to that. And now for our official interrogation. <laughs> Let's see if our wonderful cop can interrogate a suspect. Doubtful. Yes. That's what I'm thinking too. Spoiler alert, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. No, he cannot. <laughs> He does have a different outfit, though. He's a, he's not all blacked out today. Yep. Still dark. I like those short hats. I like the hats that aren't quite fedoras, but they're like a little shorter. Yeah, they like. I, I think they called derby hats. They had a resurfacing in the last ten years or so. Now I know that the cop has that one little light, and our main character has that gigantic light. It fucking takes up his whole desk. He's got less <laughs> shit to do. James Mason was also in Stanley Kubrick's Lolita, which is a fun time. And he showed up in another horror uh, anthology. I guess in the behind the scenes of The Shining, you can see him in the documentary because he showed up to do a set visit. But yeah, bigger, larger than life, I think is the name of the movie, Criterion. It's a really cool flick. I get down with it, you know. They've recently had a sale. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they do it a couple times a year. That's the best time they get Criterion movies. Yes, absolutely. Go to 20 bucks, dude. $40, I don't know how they sleep at night, dude. 40 bucks a movie. Picked up a couple of Cronenberg films in that sale. Did you watch them? I've seen Scanners. Great film. You watched Crash you got, right? Crash I got, yes. Did you watch that one yet? I uh, know, but I've seen it before. It's very weird. Yeah. And I also picked up Naked Lunch too, which I haven't seen yet. That's a fun one. Got I think I also got The Brood coming in, too. Brood's a good one, too. That's a creepy one. Big fan of The Brood. Yeah. Look at that baby blue truck. Fuck. I'm telling you, it's Real everywhere. blue. It's everywhere. Oh, he, he, there's the fucking dude. Well, I, don't, I don't believe this movie at all anymore because he's still alive. He would have killed himself off. No doubt about it. Especially with all that, all the shit he owns in the back of that truck. That's so sad. He'd fucking kill himself off. Very traumatic. You know? Mm-hmm. Fantastical. I'm not looking out there yet. Uh-oh. Opening soon. <sighs> Little coffin uh-huh. in front. Fade to black. I think the... Uh... I think they're already open for business, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I know what you mean. Uh, he's oh, Hutch. Uh, Hutch. Hutch is upset. It's okay. Don't cry. It's not your fault the kid died. Even though the town thinks it is. But it is. I moved back and brought the curse with me. Mm-hmm. The curse of McDonald's. The plague. The plague that is McDonald's. 
What book did he write to get that curse? Oh, this dude? He's writing, um... Oh, I don't even know. I couldn't even think of something. They I'm don't, trying to think of something good. The, uh... The How to Best Woo Bonnie Bedelia guide. <laughs> <laughs> Color scheme your whole life with two... With... with Tan. It was tan because he, he wears shirts and his shirts and his fucking Jeep are the same color scheme. I love it. Yeah. Again, that very like old school feel to the costuming, like like very same colors on characters all the time, you know? Yeah. It looks good in yellow, so they, you know, at least you're going to put her in something. Mm. Yellow's yellow's a very 70s color. You don't see a lot of yellow anymore. In, in costuming at all. It's hopeful. Yellow is hopeful. It is. A lot of yellow and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A lot of the, not just the costuming and the clothing, but the chroma itself was very yellow-centric. It's a very SoCal thing. Very, mm. very, very Southern California, very LA. Yeah. Nice cruise up to the the house. Yeah, I was gonna say this is like the creepiest fucking cemetery ever. <sighs> this part you feel bad for the mother. I, I I don't know, Melissa. I got I got some cemeteries around me that could give that shit a run for its money. There's some dark stuff around my neighborhood. <laughs> Mm. I want to go. I want to go cemetery gazing. <laughs> Got the glow. But it's just, just the just the ride up, like how it goes up like a windy road. You don't like normally mm-hmm. see that in cemeteries around here. No, you don't. High neck of the woods. No, you don't. Though you're right. I mean, cemeteries aren't usually that small anymore either. You know. Well, I feel so bad for her right here. She was partying too hard, man. She went out. She had too many shots. Well, I would assume that she was juiced up on about 450 cc's of muscle relaxer just to fucking show up there, too. Right? You gotta medicate. You need to (laughs) medicate for that situation. Now they're leaving. That was a quick funeral. Right? I want to say that Poltergeist has, like, that very shot of that cemetery, I feel. Yeah. 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 (laughs) <laughs> it's all yeah. it, it, it's spitting image. Oh, he's going his own path. Man. For some reason, I want to say Nightmare on Elm Street did too. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, with the, the California thing, they probably all do it there. Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, you're right. Oh, the no. same guy. This shit. Ah, this is another scene. Truck. Yep. This was another scene that fucked with me when I was a kid. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm a grown man now. I can watch this and not flinch. But when I was a kid, man, it was like through the fucking fingers, like, ah! Yeah. Like a train wreck, you know, you should look away, but you just can't. Something about that particular 
like the dirt him, in the coffin, the like, dirt, the coffin, him jumping in the grave, like oh, I don't you know. would think by now, in about a minute or so, you would think he would not open the coffin after his last encounter with the box. Yeah. Nope. Nope. That See tells me that these people in this town are not that bright. I don't I don't get it either. Like he was all like heavily debating opening this like shipping crate like and decided not to and then all of a sudden he's like, Oh, I'm gonna pop this coffin open. That fucking that makes sense. Why not? You got addicted to popping open boxes, man. We all get addicted to popping open boxes, my friend. We all get addicted to popping open boxes. Now Again, this would be this would be a good time to run. For real. Well it's just some wind at this point. But again, no, it's like that's a big breeze from nothing. You but that's that's another that's another classic genius hooper move right there. Using wind to symbolize something happening. Yep. In like a that, shot. That, that's my cue that I'm out. <laughs> That's great act. That's what I call actor assistance. You're 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 bending your set to make it easier for the actor to feel like something's really going wrong. Like, what would make you want to jump inside this fucking grave? Like, really? I know. Well, in the book, he was hearing his mom singing. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah, and they didn't do that with this, though. No, they didn't. Which no. is which kind of like takes away from this scene too, because it could have been so much more intense than it is already well, if, if you, they had added that portion into it. If you want to subscribe to the power of it, it could be pulling them in. You know what I mean? So to speak, the energy. You know, if you want to go that far into it to believe, and that's a far jump, like. That is a far jump back. Yeah, you hurt and, then, and then and then to climb back the fuck out. <laughs> In a white shirt, the fuck, get out of here! He swan dives into the hole. That would have been funny. Yeah, once it's filled with water, and then the little boy's floating up to the top. They <laughs> <laughs> should just swan dive and get knocked out, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, game over. Uh, yeah, oh. now it is game over. Like he lands like he's fucking Spider Man or something. That is a token from Doctor Strange Love when he's riding the bomb right there. That's yeah. what that looks like. That's Miss. That's Mister Lewis coining in the fucking superhero landing before it was a thing. Mm-hmm. I love how the coffin looks so much bigger okay. when they're showing the initial. Yeah. Now, why are you just staring at it? Yeah, did the eyes already open or are they closed they, still? No, they're, no, they're closed, closed still. But yeah, they look like they're open right There now. he goes. There yeah, we go. Get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, no. That was a very ginger bite. That was a very ginger bite. Dope ass contacts, though, and I'm sure at that point in the game, those were glass contacts. Not they got some thriller, glass, thriller contacts. I'm digging them. Mm-hmm. That was good stuff. So, I mean, yeah, that's part one. That is part one. You know what I mean? Will we'll we bring in part two up next? Um, for yeah, for what, what do you guys think? Good stuff, right? <clears throat> definitely a, a. That was definitely a good point to end the first half of this when they did it. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Those <laughs> kids, man. Those kids. We haven't even seen the main one yet. The main vampire. You know the big mean? boy. The big boy has yet to show his face. No, That's probably second, a good thing with this film. 
No, it, it, it is like that's that's I think that that's like the perfect place to break the movie because that's the tipping point. Yeah. From then on, like ev- everything, every the gas pedal just goes down to the floor. Everything starts to fall apart. Like and literally, we'll, we'll, we'll see I, that in part two. Yeah, like literally, when I watched this, like obviously, when you stream it nowadays, you know, there's no break in it. It's just the whole three hour movie at one shot. Mm-hmm. But this is actually where I stopped it at work because I had to do something. <laughs> and then I went back to it. No, I had my I had to go let the dog out. But like at this point when I came back and started watching the second half of it, like the second half went by so much quicker than the first half did that like it was over before I even realized what the hell it just happened. Yeah, it picks up momentum and it really yeah, cruises. big time. Yeah. I mean, the first half is just building up everything and you know letting you know who's who and what's what. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, you guys might, yeah. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, there's a reason that this is still considered, you know, one of the best Stephen King adaptations. You know, and it's a credit to Hooper, really, that despite taking so many liberties with the book. It's still, he still put out, he knew what he needed to do to make a good movie, yeah. you know, not necessarily be as faithful to the book as possible. Yeah. And I, I think that most of his decision making outside of the intro, which, you know, me and Anthony both agree made no sense. But aside from that, like he, his decision making to build the way he's building the movie, it's, it's building it like a movie. It's not building it like the book. Yeah. And that's that's essential. And I mean, it would be impossible to do Salem's Lot, the book, as a even four hour film, and, and have it touch on all the little things that the that the book does. Mm-hmm. And I, I do. I love this adaptation. It's one of my favorites, um, despite you know overlooking some issues. Yeah, yeah some in, some integral parts of the book that were left out. So. I, my question now, though, before we sign off, is who's stoked for Chapel Wait? Have you guys seen that? No. no. Pre- the prequel to Salem's Lot. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. I didn't even know such thing. I didn't. I know. I, I didn't know neither. Yeah, no, it's coming out on. If you guys have Epics, it's coming out on that channel, and it stars Adrian Brody, and it's oh, based, okay. and it, it's a prequel story to uh, Salem's Lot. And I might looks, have to sign uh, up for Epics now just to watch that. It looks shit your pants scary. So really? I'm fucking, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> it's such a great material. The material itself is so great. You know what I mean? This is... And the Hooper thing, I mean, Hooper, people often forget that Hooper is super talented outside of horror as well. Like, he was a, an award-winning, he came out, he was a protege, like, came out of film schools, the big, the, the hot new thing. He won a bunch of, you know, awards, which this is back at a time where there wasn't a film festival in every town, you know what I mean? This is where there's a couple that you went to and the competition was steep as fuck. No, yeah. he definitely earned his stripes. Oh, yeah. for sure, for sure, for sure. But I'm just saying... He, you know, I think his first thing was a dramatic. He did some dramatic thing called eggshells or something like yeah. that. And yeah, that he, was his... yeah. Unfortunately, he don't get the credit that he deserves in the big no. picture. The horror people love him, but like in the big picture, he didn't dive too far out. But you know, he had the talents to do so. In the, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, he didn't get the recognition <laughs> he deserved. 
Well, it's a weird, you know, in all genres, you you know, Lucas, you know, you get known to be something and that's all they want from you. You know, like he was yeah. known to do, he was a big success with Chainsaw. So they, all they wanted was horror from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You get kind of get stereotyped, stereotyped at that point. I mean, I mean, the poor guy even got overshadowed out of his own fucking movie. One of his biggest film, one of the biggest horror films of all time, which that's tragedy. Dude. We, yeah. that, that's a good discussion. Um, yeah, the poltergeist thing is like ridiculous. That whole, it, I'd love to know the truth. It's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair. You can see glimmers and flashes of, of Toby's style in that movie that got, lack of a better word, whitewashed. Yeah. By Spielberg, I I could only assume. When we interviewed Joe Bob, we talked a lot about Toby because he just passed at the time, and he was telling us how you know Toby. He felt bad for Toby because Toby was one of those filmmakers that no matter what, the industry was always kick him in the teeth. Every time he got like a little advantage, they'd kick him in the teeth. And mm. um, yeah, it's unfortunate that that happened to him. You know what I mean? Um, what did he say? There was something else he said about Toby. Oh, yeah, the poltergeist thing. He said, yeah, he goes, no, that he goes, that was. He goes, I know that there's big speculation about Spielberg, but he said, that's Toby's movie. He said, if you watch, you can really tell. Yeah. I said, I always heard that, you know, Spielberg uh, Spielberg kind of dealt with the direct, the actors and then Toby set up the shots. That's what I always heard. But Joe Bob was like, no, nah, he was fucking in it heavy. Like Spielberg showed up and was on set. And he kind of he, he he's a bigger bigger name, so it kind of appeared like he kind of mm-hmm. took over. But he said to, it was Toby's movie, which was I mean I wish that everybody knew it was Toby's movie, but I mean it yeah. was good to at least hear it, you know. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like Spielberg, even at that point, casted such a big shadow. Yeah, that it's it's hard to get out from under, even if you have the director title. I think I really think that's why bigger directors stopped collaborating. Like how Spielberg would produce for a lot of people, and I think that stopped. I think it was because the Spielberg name was bigger than anybody else on the film. You know, he I mean? he he became his own brand. Yeah, you know what I mean. And his style of film, like the minute his name was attached to something, you're expecting that. Yeah. And then if somebody offers up something else besides that, I mean, it doesn't look good for Spielberg. Truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sucks. But it's this bad. one, Salem's Lot, it's all Hooper. And it's all there. You can see it. Yeah. And it is it is at times not the best, but at most more likely it's always a work of genius. There's mm-hmm. a lot of really smart director or d- directorial choices going on in this film. Oh, yeah. For what it is, it's definitely to be applauded. You look at all the down. There's a lot, you know. You look at all the the a lot of dialogue scenes and it kind. There's a lot of like kind of slow burn moments. But you got to assume that how how much worse it would be if there was somebody not as talented as Hooper doing it. You know what I mean? It could have been the Tommy Knockers. It could have been the Tommy Knockers. Yeah. <laughs> and with that. We'll bid everybody farewell until the next episode. Everybody be well, and we'll catch y'all on part two of Salem's Lot. Dead kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm Vicky Burroughs. I'm Nancy Walker. We're all the dead kids.